Luke tells us the word of God continued to spread. The number of the disciples increased greatly in Jerusalem. And a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. All this happened after the earth-shattering news of the resurrection of Jesus and his encounter with the frightened, confused, and heartbroken disciples. But there is more than the growing of the community of disciples as narrated by Luke. When the Greeks complained that their widows were neglected in the distribution of food, the 12 disciples were quick to solve the problem by selecting seven men of good studying, full of spirit and of wisdom to take care of the widows. While they continued in prayer and preaching the word of God, as Peter and John had demonstrated in some of the earlier chapters in the Acts of the Apostles. Among the seven, Stephen and Philip did more than serve the tables for the neglected widows. In particular, Stephen, full of grace and power, did great wonders and signs among the people. But some of the people in the synagogue stood up and argued with Stephen, meaning they did not like what they were hearing or what they were seeing. They were hostile towards him to the point of secretly instigating some of the men to accuse him of blasphemy against Moses and God. These were very, very serious charges against Stephen. Moreover, these people stirred up the others as well as the elders and scribes then suddenly confronting Stephen, seized him and brought him to the council to answer for this blasphemy. More charges were added that Stephen never stopped saying things against the holy place, the synagogue, or the temple, and the temple, and the law. All in the council looked intently at Stephen, and they saw that his face was like the face of an angel. It's good for us to remember that according to Luke, angels played critical role in communicating with Zachariah, father of John, Mary, mother of Jesus, and the shepherds after the birth of Jesus, to give just a few examples. Equally important, Luke 
demonstrates most fully the significant role of the Holy Spirit in the human voice in communicating divine reality, even in the most hostile circumstances. Even Jesus, we remember, announced his ministry by declaring the Holy Spirit is upon him. It would be interesting to see how often Luke spoke about angels and the Holy Spirit in communicating the divine reality in his gospel and also this book of Acts, because indeed he was very fond of the two. The high, the high priest in the council gave Stephen a chance to clear his name. Are these things so? Are these, these very serious accusations that had created a hostile atmosphere, are they really true? This is the high priest who is giving Stephen his moment. Without wasting time, Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit, eloquently asked his brothers and fathers to listen up. Starting with Abraham, he walked them down the memory lane and without mincing his words to, uh, towards the end of his lengthy sermon, he pronounced some words some of us preachers of today are afraid to utter in the face of those who reject the truth, the word of God, those who unashamedly oppose the Holy Spirit. In summary, Stephen spoke these words. These were the words just before what was read to us. You stiff-necked people, uncircumcised in heart and ears. And he continues and says, betrayers and murderers. You are the ones that received the law as ordained by the ages, and yet you have not kept it. Stephen spoke truth to the powerful, which sparked more outrage, and they refused to listen anymore, and with a big shouting, dragged him outside the city and stoned him to death. His accusers rejected this very powerful message. Deep in anger and hostile, they missed Stephen's last witness and prayer. Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Lord, do not hold this sin against them. We are left imagining what the Holy Spirit may have done 
with those hostile men who actually ended up stoning Stephen. Stephen did what most of us are unable to do at the heat of the moment, listening to the guidance of the Holy Spirit. As a result of his bold sermon, Stephen became the first martyr, the first witness of the death, the resurrection, and the life of the Son of Mary, studying at the right hand of God. The decades that followed the birth of the church, many were persecuted and died as martyrs, including Paul, who approved Stephen's killing before his conversion, then known as Saul. If you continue reading chapter 8, we are introduced to Saul, who we are told approved what was happening to Stephen. Today, how do we recognize the Holy Spirit and Jesus standing at the right hand of God? We may ask. I must say as a Kenyan and one who is ordained to preach the word of God, these are very difficult times for us Kenyans because if you may have followed the news, there is a very tragic case of one of the, what we would call the rogue preachers who has deceived many to fast, even to death. So far, those who have been exhumed from this particular locality are 110. And the report says, there are many children among them, and women, and then the men. I'll leave it there and hope that some of you may be able to follow the story as tragic as it is. We need your prayers, particularly those of us who are charged to lead the people of God. This evening, as we prepare to celebrate the birth of the church, the community of believers and disciples of the risen Christ, on Pentecost Sunday, Stephen invites us to continue reading and listening attentively to the book of Acts and the Gospel of John. We are also invited to believe in the resurrected Christ, the foundation of the church. For Jesus, during the conversation with grieving mother, he said, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? That indeed death does not have the last word? 
as we were reminded last Sunday. In today's gospel, Jesus is still revisiting this message. Believe in God, believe also in me. In this invitation and journey of believing in the risen Christ, like Stephen and the growing community of disciples, what do we hear? What do we see? What do we learn about the Holy Spirit? Personally, I hear many, many things, but most crucial, I hear there is no place, no place is too hostile for the Holy Spirit. No place is too hostile for the Holy Spirit. However, we do not need to be in Stephen's shoes to be in that hostile space. We don't have to be preachers and teachers of the Bible and theology. But rather, as Christians, we may face many other kinds of hostile situations which require the encounter empowerment, and the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Just for instance, in this city of Geneva, some of us spend hours in meetings, conferences, consultations, which are held to determine the justice, peace, and well-being of vulnerable people nations at war, including even the destruction of creation. It is such moments when the intervention inspired by the Holy Spirit may carry the day. You may be seated in that big hall and you are given night seconds to make your intervention. And that may be the lightest seconds that will actually carry the day of the decision that needs to be heard by those who are competing for a place at the table. Obviously, not all of us are in those spaces. I spent 30 years in this city navigating some of those spaces. And some of the times, it was quite hostile, especially when you are coming from a faith community into that secular space, where you are supposed to bring your faith, but not in that very obvious manner. And you have to look for the words to make your intervention so that you can make a difference. So others work in places that require different kinds of decisions, even decisions that impact our little children who may not understand what is going on, but they depend on you. 
you may be caught up in a family feud and probably you are the only one who would bring the intervention. Not because you are Stephen, who was called to serve at the tables and much more, but that is the moment you are needed. That's the moment we need the empowerment and the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And so, even when you make that intervention that make, may make a difference, you may actually find yourself in correlation with your boss. You may actually be at the verge of losing your job because that is not what the powers that be may have wanted you to say on behalf of your organization. But you start in the gap and you are speaking truth to power. It's that moment when we read the Spirit to intercede according to the will of God, even when you can't mention the word of God, the word of the Spirit in that intervention. Because the Spirit understands it all. So my sisters and brothers this evening, let us open our hearts to receive the many gifts of the Holy Spirit, no matter what your social occasion is. May each one of us be filled with the Holy Spirit, even we, as we anticipate the Pentecost Sunday, as we seek to understand the Word of God and to witness for Christ for there is no place that is hostile for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will navigate in those spaces that we even fear to tread because that's what the work of the Spirit is. May God bless each one of us. Amen. <laughs>